This week's show is brought to you by Miracle Made. Alright, now you guys, Brad and Alex, you know I like a lot of things, but I'm going to reveal a little bit about myself here. I really like sleeping. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm like, it's, oh, yeah. A, it's in my top three. Of it's a great I thing enjoy. to do. Wait, hang on. Eating, sleeping, and? Sleeping. Again. Okay. It's, All right. it's it's mostly sleeping, then eating, then sleeping Got again. Got it, yes. Got sleep, it. get up, eat, then you get back to sleep. <laughs> yeah. If I could eat while I'm sleeping, I would probably do that, too. Sleep, eat, sleep, repeat. Got it. Yes. And luckily for me, Miracle Made has sheets just for me. Because did you know that traditional bed sheets can harbor more bacteria than a toilet seat? And I'll tell you what I don't like, sleeping on a damn toilet seat. I would rather sleep in some nice sheets. I don't know, man. Have you tried it? Unfortunately, yes. And it's not my style. I won't ask you to elaborate. (laughs) Inspired by those punks at NASA, Miracle Made uses silver-infused fabrics and makes temperature-regulating bedding so you can sleep at the perfect temperature all night long. It has self-cooling properties. The sheets that are infused with this silver prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets, and no more gross odors. Only the best odors in my sheets. You can go to trymiracle.com slash nextlander to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo nextlander at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to miracle.com slash nextlander and use the code nextlander to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash nextlander to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another Next Lander podcast. Alex Navarro, how are you today? Oh, you know, I'm getting by. Getting by, Brad Shoemaker. How are you today? I thought, I thought you were gritting your teeth there for a second on podcasts. Like, Next Lander Podcast. This is a <laughs> Next Lander Podcast. I'm not sure how to interpret that. Uh, I am uh, I am Vinny Carvella, and I am caffeinated. I was up too late last night, mm-hmm. and now I'm feeling it. I was up too late the last two nights for no really good reason. Like, I sometimes I did it to myself, one it's- of those things where I just... Stumbled into bed at like two thirty or three thirty, and was like, "I'm, I've got to get up in three or four hours. This now, is not going to work out." If you didn't have to get up, are you the kind of person that, like, whenever you go to bed, you were just going to sleep plus eight hours from there? Like, uh, if you had stage, nothing to get, like, if you went to bed at two and you yeah. nothing was awaiting you in the morning, would you sleep until ten? Uh, at this point, I probably would wake up around six forty-five or okay. seven ish. Yes, that is the problem. And that, but then I could probably go back to sleep. Um, like that's what happened to me today. I woke up, you know, 
listen, my kids are practicing drums in the morning. Like I was definitely up, but then I stayed in bed. Uh, and then it's a um, bad time to be practicing drums. I gotta <laughs> be honest with you. You know, you're not you're not good with 720 uh, drum call. I'm not even good with that. <laughs> I'm the one who'd be doing the drumming. <laughs> There's literally dr- it's it's an escalation of noise because it starts with guitar goes into piano. At some point, there's drums. There might be a French horn in there, all in the space between wow. like seven and eight o'clock ish, uh, all getting practice. And I've gotten so I can kind of stay in bed. Usually, I wind up like waking up around seven and I stay in bed until about six thirty. I think I mentioned this before because now my kids won't let me take a shower until they have done br- their brushing. Uh, so I have to be like, these brush, these brush. But today, I think after the drums, I just fucking went. Back, right back to sleep and the drums have been bad recently no offense to the drummer but um he's doing some kind of just it's not like a wipeout beat but something on the floor toms that is just uh-huh he is just banging oh, there's on that, those that's things. that deep sustained booming oh that, my uh, gosh only the floor tom can provide it is just he's just and he wears hearing protection up there so he doesn't know he's just banging on those things mm-hmm. anyway i woke up like five minutes past when i was supposed to leave the house it's like which is one of those things where I woke up. It was like to my daughter who didn't give a shit. Was like mm-hmm. we have to go, <laughs> and she was like, "Okay, all right, whatever." Last what day, last day of school, last day of school. Yeah, what, what are they going to do? Expel her? No, no. Last day. Uh, have what, to. What do you what do you triage when you wake up that late? Skip the shower. Skip definitely skip the shower. I did like a quick. Uh, you know, I have an electronic toothbrush, so I did the like quick. Half is two minutes, so it's just one minute in. Just instead of doing the four quadrants, you get two, you get a top and bottoms. Let's are just you, go. Are you going to talk to anybody or are you just like walking up to the school door and then turn around and leaving? No, I, I will not compromise on going to go get my coffee. So, okay. Uh, okay. That, if that you're going in a place, yeah. then I'm going to say, like, if you're just going outside and walking a loop and coming back, I would say even the toothbrush <laughs> might be on yeah. the chopping block. I, I definitely thought about it, but then I was like, I have to interact with people. Plus, there's always, like, um, like I met another parent on the way there, so there is interaction there. Um, you know, I have this beard, and I need to make sure that <laughs> if I'm not doing any kind of self-maintenance, that, like, okay, I just need to make sure nothing wound up in the beard uh, because that's bad news. But, yeah, it is uh, – it's mostly skip the shower and then just kind of um, – I took the shower when I got back because, again, I was kind of a mess of a – of a person but yeah i you know i don't i don't run that well on no sleep anymore i used nope. to be able to do it i can't nope. do it anymore now no nope. nope. like, i just kind of shut down i man when we were working at like giant bomb i could do i could do a solid three days of not a lot of i'd be in a shit mood but i could i could do like my body could do it now it's like if I'm if I'm in a if I'm in some kind of reclined or seated position at eight thirty or nine o'clock, I'm uh, I'm slowly turning into like an old man. Yep, that's look. It happens to the best of us. That's what that's what happened to me Sunday night because I got to a pretty exciting part of Final Fantasy sixteen and kept yeah. going. Like I just kept going. I was like, man, I need to see where this is going. Yeah, until like midnight. Yes, and then my girlfriend gets up at five for work. Uh huh. And I woke up when she woke up. Uh huh. And you felt it. And unlike you, I cannot go back to sleep oh. once I'm awake. Okay, that's a bummer. So that was about five hours of sleep that night. And yes, it's not. It's Are not you a napper? Can you take no. a nap? No, nope. I am terrible at sleeping. It is. 
It's like literally one thing I could change about myself. I fucking despise people who can just sleep at the drop of a hat and fall back asleep. Alex. <laughs> sleep 10 hours a night. Oh, I can't do that. Like, I don't nap either. Like, I, when okay. I go to bed, I have to go to bed. But that said, when I go to bed, usually I tend to stay in bed until my body says it's time to get up. I'm a, I'm a terrible napper as well. I, I can't do those those great like 10, 20 minute power naps. I tried today to do it and I just couldn't do it. And then um, if I take a nap, I'm usually out for like an hour and a half. I just so feel I drowsy. Like I don't necessarily yeah. fall asleep. I just feel drowsy when I get up. Like that doesn't help. Yeah. Post nap feeling is weird because mm-hmm. like I do feel refreshed and rested. But I but yes, also you're so out of it that it's like, is it even worth it? My, like I don't even know what time it is right now. My, my dad own. is a hardcore napper, like oh, has been my entire life. Seems he healthy. All, it is. I mean, it works. Seemed to work just fine for him. I mean, he also has his morning runs and everything. Everything about his life is very regimented. But like, <laughs> I love it. Every t- every single day, every single day between the hours of like noon to two, he is asleep. Taking a siesta. Yeah. I love it. Oh, that's great. I that's that's living, man. Now yeah, we need to we need to go on European time, man. Yeah, for real. I'm I'd, telling you. Like European European daily schedule, European time off, vacation, <laughs> allotment, look, all of it. I should emphasize he also gets up at like five thirty every morning I because look. he's just one of those guys. There are people who get up at five thirty still don't nap. That's uh, I'm 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 jealous of his regiment and regiment and also that he can nap. It's also I, just amazing how far afield I am of where he is <laughs> because like our sli- like biochemically we are completely different in that way. It's funny when you describe your dad sometimes it seems like you are very different. You approach let's just say life very differently. Oh, very differently. I the thing I will say about my dad is that I do look a fair amount like him and I sound a fair amount like him, but uh in terms of personality, uh if we did not look and sound alike, I would have said to my mother, you should get a DNA test. <laughs> That's funny. I mean, because he, he's like also like a pretty hardcore math nerd, right? Oh, yeah. Like yeah. he's 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 a fucking robot. Like I, I say that with love, but I mean, the man is a machine. I love it. That's so funny. Mm-hmm. I would, I don't know if I would ever call you a robot or a hardcore math nerd. Uh, no, I'm so <laughs> again, could not be a literally polar opposite. It's funny. I love it. Uh Brad, you mentioned Final Fantasy. We're going to dive into Final Fantasy 16 here. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about some other games after our first break, but not much. We're going to mostly stick on Final Fantasy 16 here. Alex and I played the demo, so that's where our, our knowledge will end. You've gone much farther, Brad. Possible spoilers in here. If you have not played yet, I know that game is coming out at the time of release, so we'll try and keep the narrative stuff uh, pretty um uh, non-specific for you in that regard but again possible spoilers yeah nothing 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 too direct beyond what's in the demo i would say yeah um so there's a there's a new mainline final fantasy there sure is it's true and it's numbered you know number for the first time since when did 15 come out 2016 man like seven years jeez has it been that long first a new main final fantasy in seven years also okay 12 came out in 2006 Okay. Like the first 11 games came out in the first like 15 years. Okay. And then it's only been 12 through 16 since 2006. Only been. Only the, been. The, only the pace, been. The pace of Final Fantasy has slowed down dramatically. Okay. okay. That's also, fair. Yeah. Also, I came in here questioning myself about whether I even want to get into the argument. I'm not the argument, but the 
topic of what is a Final Fantasy game at this point. What is a Final Fantasy game? Because, like, for example, the combat in this is much more akin to a Devil May Cry than it is a turn-based RPG, Hmm. for example. I, uh... I wouldn't say there's really much anything turn-based about this game no, whatsoever. At least, not. again, coming from the demo, they, they kind of limit, Brad, again, you're, you're much further on, but for the demo, they kind of limit your options in what you can do. It's a lot of kind of mashing the attack button and throwing a spell or two out there. But they in the demo, they do have a thing that hints at what's later on, but I skipped it because it seemed very spoilerish. Oh, you didn't? You didn't. So I, so I didn't play the demo. The demo is, for people who don't know, is literally like the first two hours of the game and your yeah. save actually just transfers right over. It's a lot. Um, of, it's a lot of uncontrollable narrative. If uh, it's, it's a lot, yes, there's a lot of cutscenes in this you, game. You it is also out. Of, the narrative does seem a little out of control. In, in uh, addition to that, it's it's pretty over the top. But so, so you guys did not. I, I read that there's that they unlock like a like a late game combat thing. Yeah, but it, the, even in the description of it, it, they're like, this is kind of a late game combat thing to give you a sense of what. Um, what do they call the summons in this? I, Icons. I, like yeah, every Final Fantasy. E I K O N S. Yeah. yeah. I went into this wonder, is it Akon? What are we doing here? But no, it literally is just pronounced Icon. Doesn't uh, every Final Fantasy have like a different name for the summons? So a lot of this which seemed... One, okay, which I, one had I, Eidolons? Oh gosh, is that... Eidolons might have, might have been nine or 13? Nine? Espers Both? is like... Espers is six. Six. I think, I think it might be nine and 13 have Eidolons actually. This one has Icons. It's Bahamut. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's Bahamut. It's Ramu. It's Odin. It's Ifrit. I'm sure Leviathan is in there. I don't know for a fact, but like you, you know who these monsters are. Is there a difference that in one of the final or in a couple of Final Fantasy games? Do they differentiate between materia and summons? No, it's like that's also a game by game thing. Like materia okay. is is purely a seven thing. Okay. Um. I'm gonna. But, can I say up front? I'm going to apologize for everybody who's way into Final Fantasy Online and 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 the story there because it 14, does seem. Like, you mean? Yeah. Sorry. Fourteen. Um, do not confuse them. They uh, they uh, seem to be referencing, at least from what I have played of that game, a similar hints at, at like world structure with the icons and stuff. And I don't know all the terminology from fourteen to know if it's a direct reference or I not. I thought you were our 14 expert, Vinny. Boy, there's a lot in that game. But the the, the way the um, icons are these manifestations made real in the world of, of the... Can I just call them summons? That's like what I'm... That's what I grew up yeah. with, of the yeah. summons. Um, it seems very similar. Like, hey, these, these are kind of... But they also seem like... Um, <laughs> In this game, from what I can tell so far, very much like uh, Ultraman style, uh, you know, hey, by the power, you know, I think, what have you said? Uh, I, Captain it is Planet. some Captain Planet ass dude. fucking <laughs> elemental monster dude. kaiju bullshit. Dude, like that goes so much harder after the end of that demo. Like it's fucking ridiculous. So, boy, there's a lot to unpack here. Real quick, I was just going to say um, it is I the same developer as 14 or yeah. at least at least the same group. I don't know if it's actually like shares developers or not. I mean, 14 developers are still busy making 14, right? But it, so is, it is creative business unit three, which is mm -hmm. still which, one of the best names like, going, which I can't believe they haven't renamed that to something flashier, but then I just looked it up and it says creative business unit three, formerly known as business division five. It's <laughs> so I love it. 
CPU three. Anyway, like it's kind of interesting to see the ascendance of that group though in Square, right? Because like fourteen is so damn popular that now they're just kind of running everything. Well, it's funny. Um, it's funny you mentioned that that like how you know the fact that we have another uh you know Final Fantasy mainline game here. What is it? Seven years or something after that? But I just want to say the makers of this game managed to get out an entire ass Final Fantasy game before George R.R. R. Martin managed to get a whole ass one of those books out uh-huh. because sure uh, like online went live initially on in 2010 reborn came in 2013 dance of dragons was in 2011 <laughs> yeah and they like square enix at a larger scale has put out several final fantasy games including multiple numbered ones in that time frame he, he's, he's never gonna finish those books is he no he's not so thankfully uh the developers of final fantasy are here to finish them for him that's yeah i mean to be fair you know when you lift a lot of the stuff directly from those books it helps with the game we'll, we'll get into that um, yeah well I, I, let me just add this on the 14 uh topic while we're here uh 14 also has a lot of forsooth and wherith art thou and, it, and kind of the writing in this, especially the more you play and the more item descriptions you read and like codex entries and stuff like there's just weird little bits of like what seemed like middle English peppered in there. So the that's a salty, lot of, bitter Britishness um, of it is extreme. 14 is not as like grim as as this goes out to be. And we'll, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. But it does have that. um you know, pray tell or, you know, yeah. that, that style of forsooth world. Yeah. Yes. Like they like a verse at one point, the plural, the, the plural for I they use is not eyes. It's ein. <laughs> stuff so, like that. It's like fucking feels like it's like three steps removed from Chaucer or something. And, and um, just to wrap back around um, the icon thing we were talking about in the demo is some kind of like with the way they describe it, Brad, and I'm sure you're, you're probably into this is, Hey, we've unlocked the ability to manifest or summon multiple icons to test this combat in, ability. In the combat. Yes. So I'm actually not that far past the point where you finally get your second icon. And I thought, I thought okay. the combat was just kind of okay until then. It's only now. And apparently you can get three at a time and switch between them. And I still only have two, but like even adding the second icon made the combat so much more interesting. Okay. Like, I was kind of, I don't want to say I was mashing my way through it. So there is a stagger mechanic in this. I think that's in the demo, right? Yes, oh, yes. For oh, yeah. bigger, bigger enemies have like a will meter and you have to wear that down to mm-hmm. kind of open them up to bigger attack, which has multipliers that you want to combo off of and stuff. But the icons are the summons, like I said. And so you've got fire to start with and then wind is the second one you get. I, I, I assume there's like eight or something in there because they say there are eight icons in the world, although does seem how, like the story is leading up to Icon how, Palooza. How, how that's going to play out? Well, it's right there in the demo, actually. That there yeah. are, I think they flat out say it in the demo, right? There like, are there two, shouldn't be another the, fire the, icon! There can't, there can't be two icons of fire. Yeah. What? That's bullshit. Yeah. That's the fucking Holy Scripture. And there is stuff in there about, like, there's straight up, like, Holy Scripture that says there can only be eight. There can only be one of each element or whatever. Um, and each the, of, like, the main houses, I guess, at least have a person that is supposed to be attuned to their icon. Yeah, so I guess I'm kind of weaving all over the place through gameplay and story and stuff. But, like, that's... Okay, let's talk about the story stuff. Like, let's do okay. it. Like, they lay the Game of Thrones on really thick in the first hour. And, in fact, in the first, like, ten minutes. Like, Dude, yes. That, that montage at the beginning so... of, like, the, there's, like, two kingdoms are meeting in battle, but then... It's intercut with like negotiations between other kingdoms that are not involved in that battle at all. 
at the big table. Oh, well, no, no. They, There's they, the Ironborn. There is so the, the group of assassins known as the Bastards. There is a wolf puppy. There is so, a blonde lady who is treacherous. So let me let me see if I can if I can yeah keep it ahead. all straight. The two the two factions fighting in that battle at the beginning are the Iron Kingdom and the Dalmechian Republic. Yes. Okay. Um, I've had some further dealings with the Iron Kingdom. Zero idea who Dalmechia is or whatever. The people in the negotiation, I believe, are the Holy Empire of Sanbreke. Oh, mm-hmm. with the Holy Empire in there, and okay. and, and Walud okay. are the two. So the 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 icy blonde intelligence lady is she literally runs the intelligencers of Walud. Okay. <laughs> so there's like four kingdoms right there in this first like ten minutes. So who's shit. the Earth icon? Uh, Hugo. And he's where is he? What is he? Is he he's, from? He's Ironborn, isn't he? No, he's no. with Dal, he's he's with the Dalmechian Republic. Oh, he's the Dalmechian because okay. he's in that. Because the Crystal that Lady, okay, is then is the Ironborn one. The 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 Iron Kingdom is portrayed as like savages, basically. Yeah. Like they they are. I mean, I think I think everybody owns slaves in this universe, but they especially just like fucking maim and kill left and right. Like they're they're so the people who can be the summons are called dominance. Yes. yes, and like in their culture, dominance are like aberrations of nature that deserve to be enslaved and used and killed. Wait, basically. wait, is that right? Because I thought the dominance were revered, but the magic. Uh, but no, not in the uh, Ironborn. Apparently, it, yeah, it changes it, or it's different oh, across different. Like, like okay. in some in some kingdoms, the dominant basically is nobility by default or the king by default. Okay. In the case of the Iron Kingdom. Shiva is the dominant they are controlling there at the beginning, but there's the not icon. like the, the, Shiva's the icon. Then there's some, the, yes. the we don't know who right. the dominant yeah, is. In that demo. At least yeah. I don't, yes. you, they don't you, show it. Right. So, so, so you find out later that, that, yeah, they, they basically treat a dominant as a slave, which there oh, are multiple okay. issues around being a dominant that I hope are maybe explored a little better because when you have the power to become a like <laughs> world destroying elemental Kaiju, yeah. mm-hmm. like what, why, how, like how are you? How are you imprisoned? How do you not just murder everyone around you and free yourself? I so don't know. I feel like okay. I might be again. There's a lot of stuff that is bleeding over from uh, uh, 14 into into my head right now because the, it's there's some similar stuff there with worship of the icons and, and the summons and stuff. But maybe I'm making this up. Where I had a fever dream of. I feel like there's something about culturally you are uh, you are scared because you have a world destroying power so you are you give yourself up to be subservient because you feel like you have the ability to destroy a whole culture if you can if you lose control kind of thing yeah but i mean I, again it, it varies across different kingdoms in this. i could be making that um, up it could be some book i was reading that, that is similar to this what do they call just general magic users that are marked with the thing on their gosh cheek? um so dominance there's only like supposed to be like eight dominance in the world okay who, who map to the different summons and, and they're not they're they're born they're not like nobody chooses that or even asks for it or can bring it about like you're just born a dominant whether you like it or not um <laughs> Bearers, I believe, are bearers. Yeah, so it's a world okay. with magic, but normal people can't use magic without crystals, which is hilarious. Because when you dig into the codex, there are entries for things like municipal crystals. 
Like they basically say like a tiny handheld crystal might be something you have in your household that can yeah. like light candles. It's basically a lighter, uh-huh. but a municipal crystal is like a big giant one that like helps run the sewer system uh-huh. and stuff like that. They're like uh-huh. union crystals. Yeah. I guess the tyranny crystals, of the yeah. crystals must end. Um, so that's, that's kind of the hierarchy. Normal people can't use magic without a crystal. Uh-huh. Bearers can use magic, but are not dominance. They they have innate magical ability. But also they, seem like they might be shunned or or they or also they also are essentially treated as tools. Yeah, uh, to do things when no crystal is available. Um, and then the dominance, like I said, so it's kind of ultimately <laughs> the thing I have found implicitly hilarious about this story is that like the Game of Thrones stuff is heavy at the beginning and then kind of falls into the background where like I barely know what the kingdoms are doing or why like that's just kind of backdrop because the real story here is just a bunch of character melodrama Mm -hmm. and the thing i find implicitly hilarious is that like fucking everybody you meet or everybody who is a major player in the story also happens to be a dominant so all of them can turn into giant (laughs) elemental monsters on a whim usually when they're very angry at each other look in a world of like um like let's say comic books or batman how much time do you want to spend with just the guys on the ground or do yeah. you want to talk to the supervillains and the superheroes, that's, right? That's exactly what it is. Or yeah. like, you know, mech, mecha anime, like you're right. hanging out with all the mecha pilots, right? Right, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, it's that whole thing. In fact, for multiple reasons, I'm actually getting some Asura's Wrath uh, vibes from this game. That's, I, that's a positive. Both both in the like elaborate presentation of the cutscenes because the, like I keep wanting to just call them kaiju. The, they might as well be. The, the icon fights, like the cutscenes are incredibly like detailed and complex, well animated, et cetera, et cetera. Like they're not quick time events, like to be clear. It's not, you're not literally, it's not like you're playing Osiris Wrath, but like just the, all these characters are, are, have extreme emotions and most of that is expressed through these giant fights. Like I, I feel, I'm getting the same vibe of like, I feel like I'm experiencing anime without this actually being anime. Oh, I think we're pretty close to anime. I mean, it's Final Fantasy. I mean, yeah. that's always kind of been yeah. the thing. Yeah. yeah. Maybe less less so when it was, you know, 16-bit or whatever. Yes. Like, it's gotten it's gotten much more melodramatic over the years. And, and so um, that's, that's more the, melodramatic. I know. So that's the thing I kind of wandered into this wondering about, because, again, I've never vibed with Final Fantasy. It's never really been my franchise. I've given several of these games a real honest shot, and it's just never clicked for me. And I didn't necessarily think this one was going to do it, because... As much as I enjoyed, let's say, most of Game of Thrones, uh, I'm not such a stand for that stuff that I will just gobble up anyone doing a riff on that. And I don't think the Game of Thrones stuff here is interesting enough to... I mean, it seems like they're doing this because they are trying to portray that, like, hey, these are just big high fantasy stories. We'll give you a framing device that you Westerners are, are familiar with. But, like, you know, we're still doing our Final Fantasy stuff in the background. And I think that's fine. I think the Final Fantasy stuff, at least what little I've seen of it so far, it seems like there's some some real good bullshit there. Not my bullshit, but it's it's there. But the Game of Thrones stuff feels like such a bad cover of someone else's song. Like, it's it just not... They're, like, they're literally just pulling all the beats from this thing. And yes, I mean, it's diff- they're dip- making it their own in certain ways, but... The, in some ways, the, they're not though. The amount of fire hosing they do of that stuff in the first couple of hours is yeah. just really blatant I, in a way that feels kind of like not embarrassing, but just like why? I I, I 
think the game kind of puts its worst foot forward in some ways. Um, I mean, I, I do think that the like Titan Shiva fight at the beginning there is a decent taste of like what's actually cool about this game later. But well, the they- that that negotiation scene that ends with the the intelligence lady and the Titan icon dude guy getting horny in the hallway. It's uh-huh. like, okay, here are these characters that are both sexy and very conniving and clearly scheming. Yeah. Also that stuff. guy is like nine feet tall. Uh, yeah. Like that, that scene in particular was just like, okay, this is trying really hard to be a specific thing that I don't know that it needed to be. It, yeah. I I think the game opens with, uh, Alex, you mentioned this before we recorded, but, um, this kind of, a visually incomprehensible fight between the uh, fire summon the phoenix and the and it's way worse the when nun- they cut back to it later and uh, it's like it's just visually because everything's kind of on fire and glowy it's yes. just kind of hard to parse what's happening in that fight the, the thing it reminded me of was those Michael Bay Transformers movies which is that there is a lot of visual detail in there but the way the camera is shaking and everything is framed it is impossible to parse what any of it is. I, yeah. I I would say that fight is the worst for that in the game, but like all of them definitely have a little bit of that like slightly too dense spectacle thing going on, which yeah. like that that one again is the worst because there's fire effects literally everywhere <laughs> and you kind everywhere. of can't see shit. Um the the others have been at least more legible than that, but yeah, it's that that's kind of the style of the clashes in this. Um, but uh I think I think Alex, maybe where you were finding some of the uh just blatant lifting of the game of thrones stuff kind of cringy i was kind of enjoying it and just how how just audacious and it is shameless I'll it give is them that. that dude yeah. is just ned stark he looks like he yes. looks like sean bean he talk he sits in your the main chin. dude is john snow like yeah. in all ways but he's main. actually do you notice the the voice is lucas gray from hitman no. Yeah, the, of the dad yes it yeah, totally yeah. is yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't know who that actor's name is but i need to look it up because he's cool also I'm going to say there is a fuck ton of Ralph Ineson in this game. I saw he was on the voice cast. He, he does not show up in the demo, but yeah. He is, he is Sid, and like this is the most involved a Sid has ever been in a Final Fantasy story. He's like a main character, and like he's where a lot of the comic relief is. Um, I won't get into it too much, mm-hmm. but it's anyway. Um, but but I, I will say the voice acting is actually pretty good. I think no, yeah, the, the yeah. acting's fine. Yeah. yeah. The voice uh, acting is good. There is a Jon Snow in the game that's not John. I mean, the daughter is basically, or the the kind of, um, uh, the, she's from another Lord. kingdom, is, yeah, is kind of a yes. Jon Snow as totally. character. Uh, like I, it's, yeah. it's all there, man. I, it's yeah. all there. I've, I've, read the, I've read the books. I have not seen the show, but I immediately recognize Rosaria as a kind of Winterfell stand-in. Yeah, it's um, they literally say that the hordes are coming from the north and they are crossing the border into the north. There are refugees, people coming in from the north because the goblins and the fucking ironborn and all these people are spilling across because of some cataclysm that's happening in the north. Like it's just again, it is just so blatant. It, yeah, the, but yeah. In the demo there's a banquet scene and immediately I'm like, "Oh, for real? Are yeah. we uh, are we really are, doing this? Are okay. we just going to so, do this?" So that stuff, I'm trying to think if there's any of it past the end of the demo. There really is not, honestly. Like, but I enjoy it. That's the most encouraging thing I've heard, actually. So, so most of what you guys played is that flashback, which is also the tutorial to when yeah. you're like 15 years old. But it, it, after the demo ends, it immediately flashes back to the present day when you're, you know, 13 years removed from all that bullshit. Right. And it is much, much more of a character-driven story from there. Okay. Um. There, there have been, you know, like some maneuvering on the part of different kingdoms, but that really 
so far has just been an excuse to bring the named story characters together for different melodramatic reasons. Like it's not, it thankfully has not really been the focus so far. I almost wonder if the game itself even wants you to care about the warring kingdoms aspect of it, because it's really just not been much of an emphasis. Interesting. I, I thought honestly, it, it I, seems like a political intrigue from it, that it, demo. Yeah. It, it's definitely there, but again, it's really much more about like, well, it, it's hard to talk about without getting into spoilers because sure. like, there's a lot of reveals about the nature of being a dominant and why there were two icons of fire and, Okay. Who is super stoked about being a dominant and who finds it a burden, you know, who like feels guilt about the fact that every time they rage out as a giant fire demon, like thousands of people die and who thinks it's no big deal, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really the nature of the magic and the icons and being a dominant and all that stuff that I have found interesting and like the personal revenge stuff. Um, I mean, they definitely set up a tale of, of betrayal and revenge and that, mm-hmm. yeah. that, uh, yeah. that opening and, again, and, I, I kind of enjoyed I, just watching it play out in this. Somebody had, somebody definitely was like, no, 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 but make it just, but every time you think, can we make it more like this? Just say yes. Uh, and go here. But the, again, I thought the voice acting and the performances were pretty good. I, I was expecting the more, I don't know why I was expecting this, but maybe just because of the history of final fantasy, the kind of more saccharine, uh, uh more, um, aloof Final Fantasy characters, uh, more kind of teen heroes. I bet they're in there somewhere. Maybe, but th- this definitely is putting the pedal down and and steering right into what if everything were grim? And, and, yeah, I'd, I'd yeah. say the, the, the tone of that is definitely consistent throughout. Okay. Like, I mean, there are sort of teen hero types in this, but but yeah, like, you know, people are subject to just die at any time. You know, mm, yeah, that kind of thing. Like people are running into, like they suffer unnecessarily, or not unnecessarily, but it's like, ah, oh, just really have to kill all those people like that type stuff. You know, like it is, it is the the tone of of it being bloody and grim is definitely steady. a lot of throat slitting. A lot yeah, of yes, you know. that's 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 the type of stuff I mean. Um, or even not like having people having their throats slit, but even like in the bigger magical encounters, you know, it's like, hey. They they train you pretty quick that like anybody that you think is a major player in this might just exit the story uh, when you think that like they seem to have survived the last six fights just fine. Well, I so mean they, that, that's always that's always been this type of game though. So there's a nice thing in this game which is basically X-ray. What is that the term that we oh use my God. for for the? Active, um, no, it's called active time lore, which is the most <laughs> ridiculous and self-aware thing they could possibly call a feature like this. Like it's kind of incredible. I so you can you can kind of pause the the cutscenes at any point and try and see through to all the factions or people or characters or things important things it's that are the, on screen in your codex. I mean, it's kind of pop them up. What what does Amazon Prime call it? 3D? I think it's X-ray. Oh, is it three D? X-ray. X-ray, X-ray maybe it's X-ray. Maybe it's X-ray. But yeah, it is that. Yes, it is the pause this cutscene and we'll tell you background on every character and faction and location here, which. It's been really helpful. It's part of the reason I'm able to come in here and like spout all this shit. It also kind of raises questions for me though, about like, is this like subverting their own style of storytelling? Like isn't, isn't what is not revealed as important as what is in telling a good story. Like they do a pretty good job of updating the panels with 
information as the story, at least in the, again, the, the early parts, because mm-hmm. they, they will upgrade as characters reveal information in the story. They'll upgrade the bio. I do wish there were like a little icon to tell you when the new panel is on the screen. Cause it, uh, I you, just you, wind up checking all the time. There's a, there's a dude in your home base. You can talk to that. They archive everything that's ever been okay. revealed. So you can just go read it whenever okay. you want. But, um, I mean the biggest, the biggest moment for me was at the end of that demo when there's a major betrayal on the part of a character that you're like, what the fuck are you yeah. doing? Like that, what the fuck feeling lasted about five seconds. Cause I pulled that thing up and they just straight up like delineated her entire motivation for the thing she had just done. Nice. That <laughs> in a way that it was like, man, if I hadn't read that, I would probably be wondering for the next 12 hours why she did that. But now I've just read it all. So, Huh. Okay. It's a weird feature. It it does seem to interrupt a little of the story flow. Uh, there was um the the reason I bring it up too, uh, aside from you know it kind of being an interesting feature, is they say for the dad in the demo, he doesn't he's not a dominant. I had to read it like three times. He's not a dominant because he was still alive while the dominant his like dad I guess or somebody else was still alive, and it sounds like the dominant only passes on when another dominant the dominant yeah. in that bloodline is dead because it was like, Oh, it's, he didn't get the dominant cause his dominant dad was still alive or something. And then uh, you only get it when you pass on. And I bring that up to kind of piggyback on where maybe I'm projecting why you can have characters exit the stage easily. If you have this trait that is immediately passed on to, uh, people to pick up the slack. If a character, let's say a vessel is dead and maybe you can keep those, Summons going out of yeah, know. so I, it, so it doesn't pass the living people though is my understanding. Some some oh, somebody unborn? will be born. Somebody will be born with it after oh. after the previous one dies. Okay, so it's not like people. I mean, unless something changes, they could they could certainly throw that arbitrary rule out at any time. <laughs> um, but as of now, it wouldn't be that if somebody died who was a dominant, like somebody you're rolling with would immediately pick it up or something. I see. It goes back into the the pool to be doled yes. out to the yes. spirit. I see. Yeah. I I actually really enjoyed the demo. I thought I was not going to be hooked on it. I was kind of not that excited to get into it. And by the end, I was like, you know what? I think I might I might continue with this. I have a huge backlog of games, but it was interesting enough. The combat seemed in the demo it's very mashy. It's not yeah, it's not that I, complicated. I was I was somewhat cool on the game for 80% of the demo right up until like the thing that happens at the end from a story perspective made me really curious about what was going on there. Yeah. Um, but it was like two, three hours after the end of the demo before I really realized like, Oh man, I totally am putting breath of the wild down to play this game. Like I was really booking through that game, but now I just need to see where this goes and kind of couldn't stop playing it. Do you Um, get, but it it uh, does take a while, I think to build. Do you get, um, controllable party members we can actively no. switch between so you're no. always playing as clive so that's that's another one of those things that people have been looking at going like is this really final fantasy you're <laughs> just a dude you're not a party what's what's up with that so do you um, just roll with other ai you characters can, here and there you can command the dog <laughs> okay you can tell mm-hmm. the dog to like go after an enemy or heal you all right basically uh, other characters will, will weave in and out of the party and they'll fight with you but they're 100 percent ai and you okay. can't equip stuff on them. There's it's it's just a single character game. Um, Not a particularly aggressive AI from at least what I played in the demo. Um that that gets better once you start hanging out with people who can do magic more. Okay. Then they start they start chipping in a little more. This um, this this might be 
spoiler but it's it's kind of in the demo so i'm gonna i'm gonna rule it safe here but that um icon combat stuff is that story based or on timers like if you could if you could do icon stuff whenever you want that seems a little overpowered for any fight is that just something combat? no no that's yeah. core to the combat the icon abilities so they're all on their own cooldowns you can you can switch between the three icons you have equipped instantly and each one's abilities are on their own cooldowns Okay. So, okay, so this isn't becoming a kaiju. This is just kind of manifesting special powers. Yeah. From the, okay, okay. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, yeah, there's story reasons for why Clive can okay. do that with multiple icons. Got to um, have special abilities. going to be a main character. But it, it gets super fun when you realize, because you can switch icons. I think I just said that. You can, like, there's, there's basically no delay. You just hit L2 and you've switched icons instantly. And then so you can... You can pretty much like pop another icon's ability while the animation is still finishing out from the last one. Mm. So it's a lot of like chaining. I'm going to use the fire dash in and like the fire sword thing as I go in, but then I'm going to switch to the wind one and do this kind of spinning attack with the wind and then flip back over and do some fire shit. Okay. Uh, and the, the icon abilities are the things that stagger fastest by far. So, so you like, you want to be managing those cooldowns a lot and, and cause the bigger enemies like take forever to kill if you don't stagger them consistently is, is the ui pretty good about kind of giving you a notification when a it's cooldown's finished pretty good it's just down in the lower right um, okay. i think you can see it on just the fire one in the demo like the demo little, it blinks like the it's just, uh, yeah, yeah it's just a little radial cooldown meter on each icon okay and you, and and you can see there are little dots you can see which abilities on the other icons that you're not currently using are off cooldown so. okay that's what i was going to ask when it's not yeah. selected and do you find that the upgrade trees with the with, with the points for all of those things is it too much or like some of the abilities um, it's seems, fine it's, it's, it's okay it's manageable it's like four or five icon abilities per icon i think and okay. and you can respect any time for no cost you can you can refund a single ability if you just don't want to use it anymore or that's you can, neat or you can wipe the entire board and start over i thought that was um, nice that they do that more games should do that respect yeah. i mean i understand why they don't some games but i love a free respect uh, well, yeah, it's especially important here because each icon can only have two abilities and there are like five per. Oh, so I didn't realize really, there was a limit. You really need to be able to, yeah, you have to make some pretty tough choices about, and each one has one ultimate. One of those abilities is like an ultimate ability. So you have to make some really tough choices about which two to bring in per icon. I think that's going to, I think that's going to get super interesting once I get my third one. So you're um, basically making a build. Yeah. For your a combat build at that yeah. point. And so okay. you're looking at like, you know, some of them are AOE, some of them are direct damage, some of them are like parry or dodge based. Huh. Um, some of them will heal you as well as attacking, like all kinds of stuff like that. So there's a bunch of considerations about what to chain together that I, I'm pretty excited to unlock the rest of. All right. Let me ask you this, Brad Shoemaker. I feel like knowing you, how you feel about, you know, especially pre-order bonus items and stuff like that. When I saw those four rings in my oh, inventory, I, are, th- are, are those like, Hey, are you having a little trouble with the combat or those are like, no, just put these on. Those are super interesting to me because I, does the demo ask you to pick action or story at the beginning? Yes. I assume it does. Yeah. I, I don't know what story does. Like it's obviously they describe it as like, Hey, you don't want to get into the combat. You're just here for the story. I don't know how that changes things, but even, when you pick the action mode, yes, it 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 takes like an in-game mechanics approach to accessibility because yeah, you've got you've got three accessory slots and they give you four rings that do things like one of them slows the game down dramatically whenever there's a dodge window. Yep. One of them will just dodge for you. <laughs> right. One of them will heal for you automatically. I forget well, what the if other. If you have potions. Yeah. 
Yeah. I forget what the other one does, but uh, like, the other is, um, it's like auto combo. Right. Yeah. So I think that's really cool because you've only got three accessory slots and you can use those if you want, but you pretty quickly start getting things that are like upward buffs rather than downward sort of oh, like okay. easing functionality type things. Mm. So it's like you very quickly start getting like attack and defense buffs, um, medallions that like affect specific abilities, specific okay. icon abilities. Um, so it's a, it's a trade off almost immediately of like, I could keep this stuff on and keep like these assists on, but then I'm giving up the ability to get these modifiers on some of my like magic uh, abilities. Okay. Cause they so, seemed really powerful uh, yeah. and you don't get anything else in the demo. So I was that's, like, is this, is this like a, basically an assist to yes. help people get through this? That's the trade off. You can use those, but you will lose the ability to use some of the, some of the accessory modifier stuff. So I have I the actually, timing window on. One. Yeah. I, I, the dodge I, one. I use the dodge, the, the dodge slowdown thing for a few hours. And then I actually, I took it off before I needed the slot. Cause I was like, all right, hmm. I'm going to have to get used to like this window. I'm going to have to get used to this combat for real sooner or later. I'm kind of screwing myself over by not learning it now. Um, That's how I felt about the auto combo one. I had it on like for a second then I was like, I am not learning how to this mechanic works at all with this thing on. Yeah. Uh, The other thing I'll say is do not do what I did and hoard all your gold and upgrade materials. Okay. Because I was like eight hours in still using the starting sword and armor with no upgrades. So I was like, oh, this game's manageable. I don't I can save that stuff for later. I hit a wall, man. Ooh. I hit a very major boss fight, both story and sort of spectacle-wise, that was so fucking hard with no upgrades that I was like, this has to be like a required loss story thing, right? <laughs> like, I'm supposed to lose to this boss, right? And then I died and got a game over. And I was like, oh, wow. And at that point, I could not warp back to the home base and actually get better weapons. Okay. So I really just had to slog it out against this boss that was completely working me because I was doing so little damage. Um, immediately That's after that fight, know, went and went and got the best sword and armor and upgrades as I, I could get with the resources I had, and went back and was just like breezing again. I uh, so, I have a very bad RPG habit of never buying from vendors and only waiting for story items to drop. Same. Um, and like, one. Yeah, you you need that stuff. It it, it gets tough without it. Uh, I will say there will be story based stuff here and there. Okay, like there will be like like you will get a nice sword at some point because you crossed a story milestone, that sort of thing. But again, I couldn't get to that point without better stuff. Like it was but, too too damn hard. But it's not really a loot game, right? It's not like you're you're getting no, drops of, no. of loot and okay. No, you're. It's mostly crafting. Um, they just roll out better vendor stuff as the story progresses. And like I said, occasionally a story weapon or something. Okay. Just got a chocobo. Uh, there's that one in the demo in the story. You, you don't know. get to ride them. No, 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 I mean, it's like, a, there's no like overworld where you're riding around. I don't, I don't think it's much of an exploration game from my understanding. Like okay. you warp around to different locations on that world map and they're pretty yeah. constrained. Like there's not a lot of side to side or wide area exploration that I've seen. I also, I saw I'm, I'm like eight, 10 hours in. I've mm-hmm. done basically no side quests. The two I did were basically just tutorials for, Hey, here are side quests. <laughs> like the most bland shit I have ever seen. Like one of the side quests was like, talk to a carpenter on one side of the base who needs wood, run across to the other side, talk to some people who have wood, <laughs> bring Got the it. wood back to the guy, Ooh. which took about 10 minutes of dialogue. <laughs> I haven't seen more side quests since then, but I saw reviews talking about like, they are pretty bland. Okay. Uh, and dated 
So I, it's the point is it's very much a story driven game. It's not a, and I, and I wouldn't be surprised if there are like optional bosses toward the end and stuff like typical final fantasy stuff of like, sure. I go kill, go kill ultimate weapon or whatever and get a cool thing from it. It's rogue but, uh, icons. It's very linear and very directed and very story heavy mm. is the reason to play it. I think on the combat is getting good. Like I said, that's the thing I, I was I, hoping for because I, I just in that demo you don't get a great taste of like no. what that combat system can apparently do. And I'd heard people to, like who had you know been reviewing it or playing it, talking it up, and saying like there's a lot of real like you know there's a lot of devil may cry basically yeah. in this combat system. And I kept waiting for the demo to like hit that note, and it doesn't. Yeah, so it's super, like, super doesn't. Like I said, it was another three four hours past the end of the demo before I got my second icon, and and my opinion of the combat turned pretty hard after that interesting okay typical typical final fantasy well maybe not typical but like it was a huge 13 problem of the combat in this is very good but we're gonna wait way too long to give you the stuff to make it good right tease it out for too long yeah seems neat i yeah or or at least to me uh again i'm not a big final fantasy or modern final fantasy person so um I, I don't know how people are receiving this that are way into Final Fantasy. If this is a, it's reviewing well, yeah, yeah. Okay. Take I mean, for what it's worth, like I, I'm just approaching it on its own terms as a game and trying not to think too much about is this Final Fantasy or not because I now at this point pretty into it as a game. Yeah. Also, it is very different from most of the previous Final Fantasy games in a lot of ways. Yeah, um, I mean, I or is it? I mean, I feel like they are also charting moving away from that stuff with yeah, every game 15 you know. was a huge departure i mean i don't really count 11 and 14 because they're such different games that I, I genuinely think numbering those was the wrong move um but even 15 as a single player game was certainly moving away from the menu driven party based stuff and even um was it sotfa what's the chaos uh, oh Sotfo. Yes. Asafo, yes, Stranger Paradise. Well, that was a Team Ninja game doing yeah. a very Team Ninja thing, to be fair. But well, but now they seem like they're the Venn diagrams getting a little overlappy, even yeah, well, in, so, in those circles. So they hired the combat director of DMC Five for this game. So you don't like, say the DMC pedigree is like very strong. Like that's not just a quality well, thing. You, hearing that you can switch uh, place or uh, action styles mid combo, yeah. it gets so much more interesting. Like I'm, I'm just like. I don't want to say that combat was tedious before, but it was a little plotting, you know, it was a little like, man, I'm having to wear down this character's will meter to stagger them and do some damage and then do the whole thing again. It's taking forever. That's absolutely what it is in the demo. You are even you're just dodging a couple of moves and then just mashing square. Even going from four, from two to four icon abilities, let alone what six is going to be like completely change that. Like to the mm-hmm. point that like, some some heavy enemies that have been taking a long time to kill, like I was basically staggering them constantly. By the time I, a stagger phase would be over, those abilities would be coming off cooldown again. I just start whipping through them again, you know? Yeah, like it's, okay. It's, it's way more... There's a lot of nuance to it that we don't have to get super into. Like when a character is halfway to staggered, like they, there's a brief window there for some extra damage, and one, right. of, the, one of the abilities you get... Techno, actually, sorry, there's three icon abilities at, at a time because one of them is built in. Like the fire one is you can zip to the enemy, mm-hmm. like teleport to them. Uh, the wind one is something different, but like if you use the wind one when they're in a halfway staggered state, that does something different. Okay. So, so it's like, oh, previously that was just stunning them for two seconds so I could do a little extra damage when they got halfway down the meter, but now I know I need to switch to the wind powers every time they hit that halfway point 
and pop that thing and do what that does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, that sounds neat. I mean, more, more interactive, uh, or, you know, uh, tactics in yes, the combat it's, is, mm-hmm. is well, is it's, welcome. It's much more tactical, much more like watching cooldowns and chaining stuff and comboing stuff in a, in a fun way. It's, and uh, also it's, it sounds like a lot of unique builds. Like you'll have yeah. a lot of options. If you only have two abilities to, um, kind of set up for how your playstyle is, that's, yeah. you know, that's where a lot of modern action games have gone. Even Diablo yeah. kind of feels a little like that at this point with the way the trees work out. The the uh, gear stuff seems almost non-existent though. It's just like sword, bracers, and belt. Sure, yeah. Is all you can equip, and the swords all just are damage scaled. I don't think they have any unique abilities that I've seen. Because I just uh, got one that's purple. I got a purple sword, but it still just does more damage. There's no... Mm. I don't think there are any different weapon types with different move sets or anything like that. As far as I've seen. How about your builds? I should say Diablo, I think, has always been build-based, but uh, yeah. maybe Final Fantasy has more just been party-based, you know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like wh- who are you going to mix into your party? What's what's the kind of groupings? And Yeah, it, it depends on the game. It's weird. They've gone very back and forth. I guess, yeah, I should definitely say pre-7 Final Fantasy, because post-7 for me is kind of a blur. Again, my Final Fantasy drops off at 8.5. I'll put 9 in there. As I finished it, didn't like it, really. And then stopped. I didn't play 10. Um, I did love seeing a dragoon though sitting up uh, yes. in the demo. Yes, hell that, yeah! The intro for that 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 whole fight with the dragoon was like that's a good taste of the ridiculous stuff in the game. Yeah, they're just like they know what they're doing here. This is completely just Kane the- sitting on top of a, yes. a a church or whatever. Yes, that that shot of him just like posing on the top of the steeple against the moon. It was like okay, now I see where this game is going. Like that's the best part of the game is just these ridiculous character introductions and fights and. You know, what would happen if you had two characters who used to be romantically involved, but now kind of hate each other, but still kind of love each other, but mostly hate each other, and they could turn into giant lightning gods and wind demons and sunder the landscape as they they hash out their differences. Like that's that's, tune in to find out. Mm -hmm. That's the part of the game that I am really enjoying. I I hope that stuff keeps up. Um, There's a lot of good reveals. There's a lot of good mystery about like what well this is the stuff you saw at the end of the demo there's a lot of stuff like that of the why are there two icons of fire sure. who is that person whose face you never quite see and why can they do that thing you know stuff like that yes who's this burning man a lot of a lot of reveals that keep you going final fantasy back at it the 16th 16 keep stop, them numbered stop numbering them never, drop never stop nothing this is no. it this, you've got to stop man they're never going to final no. fantasy 20 think about that yep there can I, never be a game called final fantasy 20 this is getting ridiculous final Say fantasy well, 40 final fantasy 60 it's never gonna stop man it's we never at least gonna need stop. to get the final fantasy triple x just so we can get more people trying to google things mm-hmm. <laughs> and really 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 that will I be i promise you the people who want that have already found it People, uh, when people, when everybody's has to Google Final Fantasy XXX and Google has to figure out how to fuck to deal with that, then finally we will have figured out a way to break the internet. Don't worry, Google will just start auto-generating stuff for you. It'll be like, oh, uh, well, here's Tifa is clearly what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Uh, It's what everyone else is looking for. (laughs) Yes, that brings up exactly what you think it does. Um... Yeah, turn safe search on when you're when you're going going for the thirtieth Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy sixteen. Yeah, I can't keep track of them, so yes, please stop numbering them. Though, don't come up with your weird Final Fantasy sub names because those are also very terrible. Often, just 
make have good names. That's it. Uh, we're gonna take a quick break. We've got a couple of other things to mention here, not big, but we'll uh, we'll mention them after the break. Here, we'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Rocket Money. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. I bet you guys have subscriptions. I had a lot of subscriptions. I had too many subscriptions, and at a certain point, I had to drill down. I had to. I had to focus. I had to make sure that I did not have so many subscriptions anymore. You had to take time out of your day, my busy schedule, your time, which is worth more than anything to find those subscriptions and cancel them. Brad Shoemaker, do you live a subscription lifestyle? I am just a walking monthly bill at this point. <laughs> it's the world we live in. If you need help, boy, guys, I got some uh, I got some news for you. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. It says here that most people think they're spending $80 on their subscriptions, but in reality, the number is closer to 200. My God. What are we even doing? With Rocket Money, you can easily cancel the ones you don't want with just the press of a button. Rocket Money also lets you monitor all your expenses in one place, recommends custom budgets based on your past spending, and they'll even send you notifications when you've reached your spending limits. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions and manage your money the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. That's rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Rocketmoney.com slash nextlander. Thanks, Rocket Money. And we're back. And um, aside from Final Fantasy, there's been a couple of things uh, also that I've gotten up to. At least one of them is Aliens Dark Descent. You always uh, got aliens on your mind. Aliens always on my mind. Uh, Harry Reid and I just uh, hanging out, talking. Like They're mm -hmm. out there, man. They're out there. They, they don't want you to know. Uh, those aliens, there have been a plenty of aliens games. We just had that, was it Fire Team? Yeah. Ooh, Fire Team like two years ago? Uh, yeah, pretty recently. That I'll, I'll start this by saying I like an aliens world where the aliens are extremely menacing, right? Like where mm -hmm. there's, where there's constant threat, uh, and not necessarily just hordes. And that's kind of what fire team felt like. Oh, the aliens are constantly pouring in the walls and we're making up, or we have different types of aliens because it's one of those games, like a bloater alien or whatever else. I don't know if that game has gone on to, um, do very well in the way that some of those games sometimes do, but that wasn't the necessarily the action. And then there's alien alien isolation, right? Which is much more the, um, thriller hiding from the alien one, one or a few handful of, um, xenomorphs running right. around and, and you don't want to get, you don't want to get, uh, taken this one so far feels like it splits the difference where it's bad news. If there's a xenomorph for sure, but you know, there's face huggers around and the, the plot here, it's pretty good. It's like tonally and dramatically seems to capture the kind of menacing vibe. I would say even aliens, the, the second movie goes for, which is it's, it's when the aliens are there, it's bad news. It's, it's bad freaking news. The, uh, they've taken over this, um, 
installation. Basically, uh, uh, the shorthand is there's this kind of installation they've taken over above a planet. Uh, you enact some protocols to basically nuke everything that is ships in orbit because you don't want the aliens getting out of the system, right? You know, yeah, you definitely don't want that. You don't really know what's going on. And then you get kind of a on planet XCOM ish home base where you and the, the space Marines, space Marines, the Marine Corps, uh, uh, are staging missions to go deal with this alien problem and trying to figure it out. And you, you're like, you have a medic bay engineering bay, um, Wait, so it's literally XCOM? So it's got XCOM trappings. Mm-hmm. It's it's not the... It's real-time combat. Sorry, or, I'm, in, I'm in the home base. I guess I... So, I like, sounds so, like, that sounds like that's like lifted straight from the XCOM home base style of um, up- upgrade parts of your base go out on missions. So I don't know how deep it gets into expansion on the home base like an XCOM would, but you definitely have the bays that you are upgrading for better things. Like, hey, do you want to go unlock this flamethrower gun in the engineering? Go talk to the person who runs the engineering bay, right? And that's a character. And Go talk to the person in the medical bay, and that's a character. So I'm not. I'm too early on to know how deep that gets. Okay. Um, you have squads that are like, hey, you're recruiting from the marine pool, the um, – different squaddies right with mm-hmm. abilities and you choose who's going out very xcom ish so that stuff does feel in the xcom vein but the actual combat is mostly real time you could slow down or pause combats huh. at, at points while you're picking abilities to, to fire off but the squad acts as one unit basically it's a little hard to describe because it's fairly unique so when you you're walking around, you're like right clicking once, and your whole four team squad is moving around. And if you want to interact with something, you click on it to interact, and it'll peel off a squaddy to go do that certain thing. And but you're also laying down suppressing fire by bringing up a tactical menu, hitting suppressing fire, and a squad member will go do that. It works pretty well, and hmm. and walking around, I've only played like the first. It's got a long lead up. Um, to tutorialize you. I've only played the first non-tutorial mission, but it works well. You're in an installation, the beeps are going off, so you know there's movement around, and you want to basically, as your characters are moving, you can move your flashlight around to scan and look for things and set up, uh, you can hide and duck behind things, because again, there's a tension built in where you don't want to go face-to-face necessarily with more than a few xenomorphs, at least where I'm at. No, everything I've seen from the movies indicates that is basically the opposite of what you want. Yeah, it's bad. You're yeah. going to die. They, and, and they kill most of the people in those movies. I don't want to spoil it for everyone, but uh, <laughs> not a lot of people make it out. Are you fighting human enemies, it looks like, from some so, of these screenshots? So it's at least what I've gotten to is they have um, the synth. Is that what they're called in the universe? The 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 synths? The, like, uh, uh, do they even have names? I'm not sure. Yeah, so the the kind the of synthetics. lower the synthetics like the lower Wayland Yutani ones, the the not um what's his face from the movies? Not uh, Lance Hendrickson. Uh, not Lance Hendrickson ones, the kind of model generation before. They they kind of do a quick at least in the tutorial tease that like, oh no, they're they're not to be. Well, the old models were always a little hinky. Yeah, right. So th- that might be what you're looking at, but there also could be other factions on this planet that yeah, I haven't encountered. A screenshot on Steam of your squad shooting at guys in like white, sort of not uh, like planet suits, kind of. It could be maybe it's a, hey, listen, guns. maybe it's, 
Wayland. Maybe there's corpo yeah, there people might be some, out there. Some other corporation or something. Uh, um, it's so like the setup is there's a planet and you're basically grounded on this planet for now and trying at least in the in the part where I am trying to do recon missions to see what the extent of the infestation is. Gotcha. This trailer's also got like a cyborg in it. Ooh, like a really gnarly looking. Is he have like a, an arm that's a? Uh, I've only like seen the face here, arm? but it's like okay. full on. Like the bottom half of the face is replaced with machine. Okay. Uh, weird stuff in this. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent, you know, all knowledgeable about what the aliens universe level of tech is. Uh, you, you know, I might be able like, to help. Yeah, like I don't know if there are cyborgs or I know there are prosthetic parts for people, right? Yeah, there are. I'm trying to think if they at some. Okay, so the only one I haven't seen is Alien Covenant, which is the last one. Um. I don't remember there ever being a cyborg straight okay. up in the canon. Like you said, there are prosthetics and things like that. So maybe that's what's in this. And there are synthetics, like, but the even the advanced synthetics that show up in like Alien Resurrection, which takes place fairly far after the first three films, uh, is still just a regular synthetic, just much more advanced. Okay. Yeah, Covenant, yeah, the- there are only two, and they're both Michael Fassbender. <laughs> uh, this This one that I've seen so far is that Oh, you just slap some kind of mannequin face on this thing, and it's got glowing eyes. Yeah, right. they, they might be taking liberties, or I mean, the expanded universe may also have done all kinds of weird shit. Probably. Yeah, it's definitely possible that, like, in the comics or other things, like that stuff shows up. But the music's good. The voice acting's the music's good. Okay, uh, <laughs> no, the voice acting is okay. All right, S- some of it's better than others, and certain some characters are, are better than others. The they have a very I mean, maybe this is just uh, uh, aliens, space marines or marines, but it's real roughnecks. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, um, but well, that's always been the vibe. It f- feels like a parody of it almost yeah. like, oh, OK, you're doing your you're taking your kind of roughnecks from alien. I'm more f- most familiar with aliens, the movie. Yeah. And like you're taking your space marines roughnecks, but but competent commander you know like oh this guy's in charge because he's competent everybody else is like ah come on fucking let's have some fun out there slap ass kind of marines mm-hmm. and that's what these marines feel like uh, a little bit of like you know you know, don't touch that shit man you're a bunch of idiots you're gonna get you're gonna get yourself killed uh but maybe that's just what the universe is calling for in the, in the aliens universe a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of repeated game barks because you are clicking a lot to move. So, you know, you know, oh, hoo, hoorah, you want to die here? That kind of stuff uh, uh, over and over again. Just have to go add it to the gamebark.com wiki. Yeah. Does anyone yeah. say another beautiful day in the core? Thank, <laughs> probably, my, thank my lucky probably. stars every day. I'm in the core. Oh, that, so that's the vibe for sure. Uh, I just went to gamebark.com. Future home yeah. of something quite cool. Says oh. Page. All right. Add it to the game barks. Uh, I'm I'm into it so far though. I I don't know if it peters out. It gets boring. It definitely has a very long onboarding where you're running around without a squad. So be prepared for that. I was thinking about showing starting a new game to show maybe on the grab bag because it has some great setup. I think for the universe, but it's like an hour and change of just kind of setup. Which I think we talked about this before. It's kind of nice because you get a lot of menace of of solo walking around. You're not going to be able to take on encounters, and it really drives home that these things are killing machines. You right. don't want to necessarily be your. They're better than you at this, um, you know. And that's what I want from the aliens universe. Got a chestburster. 
kind of cutscene that was good. I mean, in-engine cutscene. Then we got there. You know, it's hitting. You it's can't hitting the marks. do one of those without one of those scenes, nope. though. Like it's illegal to do that. Yeah. Like uh, people getting face hugged all the time, Mm -hmm. you know? Yes. No, it's hitting the beats. There we go. It's got the sound effects, which you love. All you need uh, is someone to say the name Ripley somewhere in the background (laughs) and you have hit all the marks. I I hit a point even in the tutorial where there's somebody behind a locked door and you're like, let me in, man. And Mm -hmm. you're like, I can't open the door. I'm sorry. I can't open the door. Oh God, they're in the the vents. And then they die. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Yeah. This all, this is, this is. Look, if you're so asking me what do I want from an alien game, here you go. Yeah. So, and I think it's a kind of novel approach to that kind of uh, tactical combat. So, that's Aliens Dark Descent. Uh, it's available on consoles and on PC. Um, I, I picked it up on the on the Steam on the. PC. You seem pleased with it, which is nice I, to I, hear because there have aren't look the number of bad Alien games. I'm pretty I sure know. still dwarfs the number of good Alien games. Yeah, Steam Steam reviews are quite positive so far. That's fantastic to hear. Yeah, I mean, look, there are a good amount of quality XCOM likes, and I'm going to group this in because at its core, it kind of is an XCOM like, even mm-hmm. though it changes things. Even up if it isn't exact, like it's in the same general ballpark. It feels more XCOM than Midnight Suns felt XCOM. Okay. Like this, you know, but it's it's still different enough to have its own unique flair, and I think it's doing and using the material well. So that that's good. Uh, aside from that, Diablo. Mm-hmm. It's uh, that's the game I go back to when uh, it's I should be going to sleep and I just I'm like ah I just want to chill out and relax and play Diablo. I you know I was Diablo one, some Diablo two fan, kind of fell off on three. I I enjoy this one. It just is put it on and push the buttons and get the loot, go to town, sell the loot, go back into the dungeon, get more loot. Like I think I that's it- why I'm falling off of it. Yeah, it's kind of why I go back to it when I'm just like detaching my brain from everything where I can, it's basically meditation at that point. Yeah. It's, I'm thinking about everything else while I'm just soaking up loot constantly, but it is a, it is very much that loop laid bare. Uh, It's, I I think the story stuff is interesting, but I couldn't necessarily tell you if there have been more than one or two actual beats in it. I think there's some good performances in that game. I think the writing is mostly pretty bad, actually. Like, it's just (laughs) not doing anything for me, and it's just, like, I think there's a couple of interesting story beats I've hit, but a lot of it has not necessarily delivered in a way that has kept me interested. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, I... I keep asking myself, like, what am I going to start playing when I'm in my new office in my new space? Like, what am I going to spend my time on? And I'm Diablo is falling further and further down that list. Yeah, I, I, was, I was also starting to the loop was kind of wearing out. It's what not. Uh, that's harsh. Like the novelty was wearing off. Yeah. By the time I got Final Fantasy and stuff, I was just like, oh, I'm still enjoying this, but I'm not like sitting here obsessively playing it. Yeah. Like I was <laughs> like, I'll probably finish the campaign, but. I feel like you start getting into a point, and I think this is might be this series at this point, where you've got most of the abilities. I mean, because you only have like five slots on your bar. You got most of the abilities you kind of want to work with, and then you have to just start experimenting, putting points. You've made it down the tree as far as you're probably going to, the last um, node that mm-hmm. you can expand out from. And then you're just fine-tuning your build uh, based on you know abilities, and I assume later on based on the, with the aspects, is that what they call them in the game? The, that you can put on gear and and stuff like that. So, you know, it's it's a gear build style mechanic that is you're going to tune to be like, I am just, this is working for me, this is not working for me. 
I rolled a new character because I was playing with uh, one Drew Scanlon, and he was pretty early on. So I was like, I'll try and, and roll, um, what is it in the Diablo universe? Sorcerer? Wizard? I forget Sorcerer. What yeah. Sorcerer. Um, to try that out and see if it, how differently it plays, which they it's pretty similar to the necromancer honestly mm. but um maybe a little squishier didn't have the <laughs> he was playing as a necromancer too and i said this is just too many ads this is just too many summons and companions on the screen too many pets running around i'm going to try something you need else need at least a couple and, fewer pets never yeah. enough never enough pets <laughs> it was just it was just a mob of skeletons at that point uh but cool solid game i think uh, uh diablo and and it really, hey, look, it bounced me off of Tears of the Kingdom for a while. So that backlog is getting there, mm-hmm. and uh, I need to wrap it up. There's a lot point. of games, man. Yeah, yeah, we're and fairly chunky game, like yes. fairly decent. Like I know we're uh, about to hit the summer lull, but the thing is, that is not going to feel like a summer lull because I have at least three big expansive multi tens of hours of game you know games that i'm still part of the way through there is absolutely no way i'm going to have nothing to play this summer yeah i'm I'm thankful that there's a lull until about september or something oh you guys boulder's gates coming out in august that's uh that's that's the bit that's what i'm trying to clear the plate for to to get um but uh, my plan is to hopefully get narratively story Diablo done and Tears of the Kingdom done by the time Baldur's Gate ships in is it mid August and then maybe Final Fantasy. I would like to, but Final Fantasy. Do you know if this one? Do you guys know if this one is a sixty-hour Final I, Fantasy or I, is this like a? I saw that Square hour? had Square had talked like forty hours. Okay, um, that's manageable. I think the PS5 said I'm thirty percent through the story. Okay, but I don't know. I get, that's not the game saying that. That's the PS5 dashboard. I'm not sure how accurate that is. Okay. I, I probably will. You mentioned this when we talked about it, but it probably for me will come down to Final Fantasy. What's in those side quests? If it's just materials, if it's story stuff. Oh, yeah. It sounds like the side quests are kind of not worth much. Okay. Um, yeah. There's there's definitely stuff. We have a, a week off coming where uh, I'm going to have at least a couple of nights that I'm going to try to... Or and and days where the kids are going to be out, that I'm going to try to chew through Diablo and Tears of the Kingdom. Those mm-hmm. are the two that I'm prioritizing because I would like to. Um, I have enough hours now sunk into those where I would feel like I just put it down, and that's I always hate that feeling where like ah oh, man, I just I'm maybe halfway through Diablo. I should just keep going and, right. and finish it. Tears oh, of the Kingdom. I don't know if I'm halfway, but I, I don't know where the hell I am in Tears of the Kingdom at this yeah. point. I don't care. I'm like I'm 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 chugging, you know, like I said, I'm I'm playing in small doses, but like I'm really still enjoying those doses. I was uh, like I said, I was really booking through Breath of the Wild and looking forward to playing the new one before Final Fantasy happened. Two divine beasts down, like seventy shrines. Do you think you'll keep going with the Final Fantasy at this point? Yeah, no, I definitely need to see how that ends. That's cool. God, That's I, good for, to hear. I forgot that Armored Core 6 is out in August also. Oh, man. I, yeah. And Remnant, what, do you, do you Remnant, have the, Remnant 2 is out in July. There are games. What what day is um, Baldur's Gate? Is it middle or end of August? Uh, very last day of August. Okay. Okay. And this is at some buy some time there. Uh, I think that's going to do it for yes. the games. Unless you guys have what, anything else? Seven whole days before Starfield comes out. Oh, Damn. my God. <laughs> Good luck. Oh, Starfield. Uh, 
And then, well, look, look, we all know sept- this year, September and October are just dense or just rotten. They got games. denser as of today. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and let's not forget well, about AEW Fight Forever, which, as we know, we are all going to be playing for months on end. Can't put it down. No. Won't be able, can't, won't be able to. No. Um, all right. I think that's going to do it for the games. Again, mostly Final Fantasy this week. But, but that Aliens Dark Descent, if you like what you hear, go check it out. I'm going to try and play some of it tomorrow on our grab bag uh, stream so you can see what it looks like there. I'll play a little bit more tonight to make sure uh, everything's opened up to be able to choose some stuff. And then, uh, Brad, are you going to try out some Final Fantasy on the stream? Maybe. We'll see. Okay. See where things are going. Uh, that demo's pretty good, uh, except for the combat, I think, is is pretty shallow in the demo. Get past that you- first 45 minutes. It feels terminally boring at the beginning, but it does pick up a little bit. I enjoy, again, <laughs> I see where the the cringe stuff can come from in the like why'd you go no it's not that it's that it's just the the lack of control you have in in those opening 45 minutes and what you're actually doing in that time is just dull yeah i I think once you actually get control and you can start doing combat again it does not show off the best of that combat system by any means but like once you start doing stuff it gets more interesting i like their goblin designs those things are they're pretty nasty pretty nasty looking uh, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come back. We're gonna talk about what happened at that Nintendo Direct because I'll tell some, you, stuff, some stuff happened. happened. Yeah, some stuff happened. So stick around. We'll be right back. This week's show is brought to you by Factor. Brad Shoemaker, Alex Navarro. Do you guys know what Factor is? <laughs> I do. I thought you were about to ask if I knew what food is. Do you also know what food is? I've heard of it. It sounds cool. Do you know what food can be? Factor's here. Factor is here to tell you what food is and can be. America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. We've gotten some Factor before. I've actually Mm -hmm. found it to be quite tasty and delicious and convenient. Um, Mm You can put it in the toaster oven, put it in the microwave. I did the toaster oven. It was ready. I think in the toaster oven was ready between like 10, 15 minutes. Pretty quick. You can choose from over 34 weekly flavor-packed, fresh, never-frozen meals, ready to eat in two minutes. You can level up with Gourmet Plus options prepared to perfection by chefs and ready to eat in record time. Ooh, you can treat yourself to upscale meals with premium ingredients like... Broccolini, leeks, truffle butter, and asparagus. Not that regular butter. Truffle butter. Round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of over 45 add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, ooh, potato, bacon, and egg breakfast skillet. Oh man, oh, Factor, man. what are you, what are you doing to me, Factor? With Factor, you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice. They offset 100% of their delivery emissions, source 100% renewable electricity for their production sites and offices, and feature sustainably sourced seafood in their meals. Head to factormeals.com slash nextlander50 and use code nextlander50 to get 50% off. That's code nextlander50 at factormeals.com slash nextlander50. To get 50% off potato, bacon, and egg 
breakfast skillet. Thanks, Factor. All right, we are back, and it is time for the news. And, of course, we talked about Sony's showcase, Xbox's showcase, showing cases, game festing. But where was Nintendo? And now we know. Biting Nintendo. time. <laughs> Waiting Nintendo for the Direct. Right moment to strike. Yeah, this Direct is, like, kind of cool and interesting until you think about it in the context of this is, like, the E3 window presentation. <laughs> Yeah, what's still, hey, look, it's still a lot of stuff here. So uh, Nintendo had their direct, um, their 2023 June direct, uh, and there was a decent amount of stuff. Even even if you're not a huge Pokemon fan, there's still stuff for you in here. Uh, you guys got, uh, Alex, you're a big Pokemon fan. Oh, yeah. You, uh, you enjoy everything? New DLC for poke uh, new areas. Um, yeah, all Detective I know is Pikachu the, too. Look, I'll say this: people I know who like the Pokemon, their opinion on the DLC seemed to be cool. They're putting out DLC for a game that's still kind of busted. Um, more people were interested in that Detective Pikachu, from what I could tell. Did you play Detective Pikachu the first one? No, but I, 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 my understanding was that people liked that first game. Okay. Yeah, I uh my kids are the uh into the Pokemon games. I'm not so into the Pokemon games. My kids are into the Pokemon games, but so we'll probably wind up with that DLC for the Pokemon games. I don't think I ever wind up getting the first Detective Pikachu, so I don't know if I'll get Detective Pikachu too for the kids, but plenty of Pokemon stuff there. Um just kind of quickly run down. There's new Splatfest stuff for um for Splatoon. Whatever number we're up to, what are we up to? Three, 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 three. Uh, but let's just let's just get into the the. There was some meat here. There's the the, the true lead here. Yeah, new two D well, Super Mario Brothers. That's the, probably the biggest. That's the that's showstopper they put at the end. Easily, yeah. This is. I don't know what the fuck to think about this. Super Mario uh, Brothers. Wonder. Uh, I think the bigger story is not just that there is a new 2D Super Mario Brothers, but that for the first time in a long time, a 2D Super Mario Brothers actually looks kind of exciting. Yeah, totally. Like, if it had just been a new new, it'd be like, ah, whatever. But this looks like, what if Mario was tripping balls for the entire game? Yep, that's that's the best way to put it. It's like... uh, Mario now lives in the subzone or something. Well, let's, yeah. uh, let's be clear. Yes, yes this, this should be called Super Mario Brothers Minus World. Minus that, World, yes. That stuff has always been there in the periphery of Mario. I mean, again, you have been taking magic mushrooms pretty uh-huh. much since the series' inception. But uh-huh. Nintendo has, in various ways, sought to maybe downplay the more psychedelic element of what's going on in Mario World. Here, it feels like they have... I mean, look, as much as Nintendo will ever embrace that concept... I feel like here they're going for it. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it got pretty weird when you're throwing your hat on things and possessing yeah. their, their soul. The hat was alive, dude. Uh-huh. That was pretty weird. But here it looks like you're running around this 2D world kind of in a new Super Mario Brothers-esque way. They show a lot of co-op. They yeah, show the- uh, playable Peach and uh, Daisy and Toad running around with you. Our, our style's not too far off of the new games. No. Not exactly the different. same, but like yeah. kind of in that vein. Uh, but... The thing that uh, they didn't show was, let's say, the thing I hate about the new Super Mario Brothers games, which is the collision and the and the kind of trying to desperately platform uh, in those games, which sucks. I hate it. But 
the weird thing is, well, two two weird things. One, there are like voiced flowers that are, are very They're weird. They're just talking. They're just talking. Is this them opening the door to having a talking cast of Mario characters? There's the, the bit at the end of this presentation where Ko- Koizumi just very matter-of-factly throws out like, there were a lot of things in there. There were fire flowers talking. Mario mm-hmm. turned into an elephant. Uh-huh. Like, just like, yeah, he sure did. Like, they sure were. Uh-huh. Also, some- what are you talking about? Are they opening up the door to Mario characters talking? You are discounting the work of one Charles Martinet here by saying that. I wouldn't mm. necessarily call <laughs> that talking. Yeah, I don't know exclaiming. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's a sentence. He <laughs> I mean, said that. I mean, even the music here has got a lot of weird vocalization, like doo-dah type stuff going mm-hmm. on in it. Yeah. Um, so, But the real hook here seems like you hit these points where you uh, touch fuzzy, get dizzy, and uh, uh, something ha- you touch a thing, and the weird happens, and what that is... Welcome to the is, weird. There's, is up to the stage. I mean, I there's enough, yeah, there's enough stuff in here that this very much seems like the like 3D world uh design ethos of just like let's give every stage its own mechanic let's just never stop putting new ideas into this thing yeah or like, worlds you know super mario brothers uh super mario galaxy this is super mario brothers right wonder yeah. not super, super mario, mario brothers, brothers wonder. Wonder. Um, okay. but you know yeah he turns into an elephant there's the part where he gets super tall yeah there's the part the where you, gets tall. you can like push pipes around mm-hmm. um all kinds of stuff. It There's looks the, cool. Again, yeah, that's the thing. It looks, looks cool. Very interesting. There's a weird scoring mechanic, like when he kicks a shell through a line of Goombas. Uh, I'm trying to find it here. Try to remember what all the the verbiage is here. It's like it's all like word based scoring. You know, like in mm-hmm. Mario when you would kick a shell through guys and it'd be like 100 points, 200 points. Yeah. Here he does it. It's like good, great, excellent, stupendous. Like I don't know Maybe what that's. I don't know if that's just a goof on the old scoring or if it actually feeds into something. I have no idea. It's, it's yeah, uh, a lot of strange looking stuff in here. Looks looks neat. Looks fun. Looks experimental, which I like. Uh, I The thing, again, that I hope they figure out is for me and, they, uh, and for the kids, the co-op stuff, where just make it so the platforming isn't a nightmare. Just make it good. Yeah. You can oh, do you, don't put collision on. Yeah. Just, mm. Let us jump through each other. Yeah. Don't let somebody scroll the screen when everybody's behind you. If, if if Peach can't jump and then glide like four seconds, they've screwed up. It's uh when when the Mario team gets weird with their mechanics, it's usually a good time. So oh yeah, more power to them. Uh, that have a date October October, October. something I forget. Uh, I'm looking through this story here. October, more in October. Pack it in. Come on, everybody's uh, 20th, inside. October 20th. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, but there was more stuff even in the Mario universe. Oh, There's yeah. a Mo- Super Mario RPG uh, remake. That's that's the other big one to me here. Yeah. So, so like I never really, played Super Mario RPG. How well loved is that oh, game? It's great. Oh, People, it's great. It, it rules. Okay. It was like mind-blowing at the time for multiple reasons. Not only because it was very good, but also like... Nintendo letting Squaresoft make a Mario RPG? What? Like yeah. They, yeah. they didn't do that then at all. Non-Nintendo teams making Nintendo games? What? Uh, yeah. Mario RPG, I mean, it, yes, it's beloved for sure. It's, you know, also they've had 
how many other iterations of Mario RPG since then? Four? Oh, definitely more is than it, that, right? Is it more than that? Oh, yeah. It's thousand Year Door, right? There's paper. There's all the Paper Mario ones. The Paper the ones Mario. are like their own universe, basically. All the, all the Mario and Luigi ones. Yeah. I've it's played a bunch of those. Super, superstar, All-Star, is that basically? Superstar a, Saga is the first Mario and Luigi. Okay. Yeah, okay. Um, those games right. were great. Maybe, Maybe yeah. there's more than it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those are also basically just building off of this formula, there's, right? Right, yeah, yeah that's, that's what I mean. This was the beginning of that, but there's been seven or eight more Mario RPGs since then, so I wonder yeah. maybe they'll bring some of that stuff back into this. It looks very nice. Yeah, big graphic, uh, 3D graphical update. Um, so that was another big one, and then they teased, very lightly teased, uh, Princess Peach uh, back again in her own game. We don't know what kind of game it is because they kind of basically show her getting onto some kind of spot on a stage and then they're like what happens when she gets on this special spot on a stage we're not gonna tell you yeah anyway it looks uh, almost 2d like it looks like beat-em-up style almost uh side scrolling where she can move in and out of the background hard to tell uh they they're intentionally keeping it vague uh, is it a sequel to uh what is it was that game called super princess beach that the yes her game is i believe so Pro- probably not also, what I'm gonna say. is she wearing like Rosalina's dress at the end of this when it turns blue? I don't know. They've done so many things where she gets power ups and mm-hmm. maybe she has ice power. I don't know. There's even more though. Oh yeah, Luigi's Mansion, uh, the Dark Side of the Moon, the uh, 3DS, DS, DS, Dark Moon, Dark DS? Moon, Dark Moon. Sorry, yeah. Dark Moon. Uh, it's coming over the 3DS, 3DS one. Yes. yes, it was the 3DS game. Is uh, going to make its way over. Looked incredible, blown up to TV size. Mm. Maybe, yeah. it probably looks okay on the handheld. But yeah, I uh, liked that game. Okay, yeah, it, it was, was okay. a little long. I, I I feel like I remember it being very compartmentalized because of the 3ds hardware. Yeah, like, it was not a giant mansion you could roam. I want to say wasn't it more broken up into chunks? I forget. There was definitely, I mean, it was pretty big. The main thing with that game is that just it kind of wore out its welcome at a certain point. Yeah. Like they took, they internalized the criticism of that first Luigi's Mansion game being like four hours long and said, well, what if we made it like 20? And it's like, you don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it's not my favorite. I mean, I, I like the um, Switch one. I forget the name. Oh, the Switch one's great. The Switch one is maybe yeah. my favorite one. Yeah. It's pretty good. But, be nice to have it there. It's like my kid keeps wanting to both my kids want to play it. I'm like, not to really bring out the 3ds to play this. So it's nice to have that stuff on a single platform. Have you forced them to play the GameCube one yet? No. Is that on the um on the the virtual whatever they're calling their shop? No, there are no the, GameCube games. They don't. Yeah, no, oh, I'm really? Not. Okay. Um. Well, we're gonna get um Pikmin. One and two, I think. Yeah, they have not started doing any classic game stuff with Ga- at GameCube level yet. They're they're still okay. in the N sixty four era. Okay, so probably going to be fifty bucks, sixty bucks for one and two. Yeah, I probably. Yeah, I I would guess there they, there will not be GameCube games in that thing because they probably take a lot more porting work. Hmm. And they got to say something do. for the next console to introduce as their big new thing for classic games. Yeah, like they could they could change if they if and when they have hardware that can kind of emulate ish that stuff rather than having to port it. I guess they go back and just remake all the big like do a pass on as a and sell them as a remake on the the games GameCube games of note GameCube mm-hmm. a lot of great games yes for, the, for GameCube terrific system yeah so these are getting these are Switch full releases out of the eShop yeah I didn't I didn't okay. look at the pricing but those are standalone SKUs. Uh, and then they showed some more Pikmin 4. 
which um, they showed uh, kind of a lot more like RPG stuff in in this, a lot more um, kind of upgrading and uh, home base things that you can get. You're, you're rescuing survivors as part of the rescue team. They showed off the dog you can roll around with. See me. Like uh, I like a Pikmin game. This one seems to add enough mechanics to maybe keep things interesting. You're you're getting like upgrade points along the way for rescuing people. You're going inside the house. They showed some gameplay inside the house. What happens? What is going on in the Pikmin universe? We've all known that this is some. Oh man, I reviewed three and I don't even remember what was going on there. Pikmin infestation in the house. You're gonna put out some tarot traps. Mm-hmm. Are but are the people all dead? Is this a post apocalypse or I don't know what are the what what brand of um, tiny humans are we dealing with this time? Are we dealing with the ones that like fruit? The ones that like vegetables? I, I need to know that meat only. Mm-hmm. Meat only device. They show them uh, picking up a Game Boy and scanning that thing in. Um, so I don't know. I'm looking forward to Pikmin. I think that oh and WarioWare yeah boy you oh, everyone God, sure yes. did forget about that last WarioWare Jeez, didn't they I oh yeah made a note of that when I was watching this and then forgot about it again yes they straight up announced a new WarioWare game which I didn't think they would ever do again <laughs> WarioWare move it uh, which a lot of good shots of people it's, wiggling shaking their high knees yeah and, this sure is not a handheld game from the looks of things yeah. <laughs> or I mean. You could set it up with the kickstand if you wanted, but it seems like you pretty much have to take the Joy-Cons off to play this. So yeah. this very much seems like it is kind of TV-only, really. Uh, looks like it also has some cool like party vibes to it, which is always nice. You know, it's got multiple people. I don't know if they're different game modes. I know they, I'm not a huge they, WarioWare person. They seem but, to have put a board game of sorts in here for multiplayer. Which is great. Try not it, to knock everybody. Is yeah, it, sure. Is yeah. it? <laughs> I'll it, take it. Is, is it, it great? Is it great for Nintendo to be doing more mini game based board games? I don't know. Look, there's probably going to be a roulette style thing where you just play the mini game, mini games if you want. So you bypass all of the dice rolling and uh, all the other stuff. That's usually what they do, right? They know mm-hmm. what people want. Just give me the mini games. They know what you sickos are after. As, as every, yeah. somebody who's played every Mario Party, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, I think for me, that's probably the big stuff there. I mean, that's, that's some big announcements. Um, Gloomhaven coming to switch is kind of neat. A great way probably to play Gloomhaven. Vampire survivors coming to the switch with Mm co-op is kind of cool. Uh, there's Uh, that that Batman collection. Oh yeah. That's uh, Arkham Knight on a switch seems crazy because like Arkham Knight didn't run super great on a PS4. Yeah. I mean, it ran fine, but like just barely. And like the... Mm. Asylum's issues. believable. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was a 360 game, but... And, of course, the porting issues with Arkham Knight to PC are legendary. Yes. <laughs> legendary. Like, I, you know, getting that game running at all on a Switch is pretty impressive. It looked maybe a little chunky. But, yeah, having having all three of those games. Also, poor Idos Montreal. Like, isn't the name of this thing, like... I'm trying to find it in here. Is What's the name of this release? Arkham Trilogy? Which- Oh, the the Batman games. Are yeah, they just, it's like uh, Arkham Trilogy, I think Arkham, or Arkham or Collection. That? Arkham Collection. Okay, maybe that's a little, well. Still, you're just like totally the ignoring, three games. totally ignoring Arkham Origins, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the three Rocksteady Batman games. There were only three. Mm-hmm. Certainly, there wasn't another one made by a different studio. It's interesting because I mean, Origins isn't great, but I don't remember it being like that bad. No, it's it's not terrible. <laughs> I didn't stick with it at yeah. all. But like, it's. 
just very middling. Fine. But was it like that much worse than Arkham Knight? I don't know. Oh, it was WB Montreal that made that. So, yeah. Um, I mean, I don't think it was as good as Knight. But just, I, I'm, I'm kind more of a, of a Knight hater than I think a lot of other people are. Kind of a kind of a weird omission. I feel like the whole thing just felt old in a way. Well, they are know? is the thing. Yeah, yeah. So those are like, not I, new games. I don't know if you know that. So like, who, where, where did this come from? <laughs> you know, who's been working on this? I don't know. Just felt a little out of left field. You know. Yeah, but uh, they got to jam something in that release window until Suicide Squad comes along. I'm sure. I was going to say, maybe they're just pumping up the DC Universe as the, you know, all the DC Universe wheels start having to spin in motion here. I'm sure, I'm sure these, will ga- these games will run nice on a new Switch. <laughs> in however many years that is. Um, yeah, the, the DLC for uh, Sparks of Hope is out, I think, as of the time we're recording this. Or, or when that direct went up. Uh, anything else you guys want to see that was interesting? That's pretty much the big stuff. I remembered Myths, Myth Force exists. They showed that. That apparently has Switch. a 1.0 release coming this year. Yeah, good for them. I still love the visual style of that. I don't know if I loved when we played it in early access, but maybe things have changed. I do. But, I do uh, want to see what like their final, final quote yeah. unquote version of that game looks like. I have a fondness for that art style. Um, yeah, yeah, good direct. It's, yeah, it, was, not it was not bad. bad. Stuff. It was not bad. I mean, like, is it like an E3 caliber? presentation maybe not but also look, this is kind of exactly, mario game i mean yes yeah. yeah yeah i mean well, there's always people that are going to look at that as a tiered thing of like a 3d mario is a huge deal i still uh, think a 2D. good 2d one is absolutely still a big deal yeah i'm, I'm not saying i'm i am one of those people yeah. but like there are you know there are people out there who want odyssey 2 very vocally oh, um oh, I, sure. I don't okay. think you're going to get that on this platform but like this is kind of exactly what I would expect out of a presentation post Tears of the Kingdom, right? It's like, hey, they, totally. just, they just shipped probably the biggest game on this entire platform. Of course, they're not going to have a ton of other big stuff. Also, we're kind of at the end of the platform. We, we've, we've had uh, a huge Zelda release. Uh, we've had uh, two big Zelda releases on the platform. We've had a huge Mario release. We had a very good Metroid release. And then the Prime stuff is also coming there or is out there now. Um, you know, not the new one, obviously, but, uh, the remake. And then, um, you know, we're in the Pikmin phase. We're in the Pikmin 2D Mario, uh, WarioWare phase of these things where they hit their huge, I mean, we've had like what, two or three Kirby games now on the, on this thing. It, it, okay. You are definitely underestimating the number of Kirby games they have churned out over the last several years. <laughs> Like it I ran out of fingers. I yeah. don't know. Yes. But a lot of, some of them are remakes. Some of them are, I don't know. There's just, I feel like there's a new Kirby game every other month. Uh, I, I also so feel yeah. like we've now hit the stage with Nintendo where they're just like, okay, we're going to do our big summer direct. Let's announce it two days beforehand and put it at fucking 7 a.m. Pacific. Enjoy. And snap our fingers. Yeah. Like somebody who, the people who care will watch that. Yeah. And you're getting more Pikmin or uh, uh, Pokemon stuff. So, uh, Cool stuff. Mm-hmm. More stuff in October, in case you didn't have enough. Nothing for November, Mar- though. Fuck November. No, November can eat it. Um, I hope. Uh, I hope that Mario Brothers game is good. We all do. But, yeah, we all do. Another little bit of news here. Not just Nintendo. Um, but remember, uh, you guys remember a game called Grand Theft Auto? It's like uh, sorry, like Grand Theft Red- what? Yeah, it's like um yeah, it's kind of a silly little game. You're just kind of running around top down, 
jumping in the cars, oh, going right. to the phone booths. Oh, yeah, the game set in London. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's just kind of running around. Uh, this guy, uh, Dan Howger, made it. They had a company. By himself? <laughs> yep, all by himself. Wow. Wrote, wrote the whole thing. It's crazy. Uh, Dan Hauser of, uh, of Rockstar fame, part of the, the Housers, um, left, what, oof, two years ago? Um, two, it was 2019? Po- 2019, I want to say, maybe he got out of let's there. Let's say post-Red Dead yeah. 2. Yes. Um, uh, left, kind of announced a new venture, uh, the Absurd Ventures. It wasn't really quite sure what it was going to be. Seems like now more information's come out. Seems like Absurd Ventures, from what I can tell on the reporting, is... Well, they want to make a, everything. They want to make stories and everything. A cross-media venture. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they got to write up in Variety, if that tells you anything. <laughs> um, aims to produce video games, TV, film, and a wide range of multi-platform content. So, they're, uh, I don't really know what their little tagline is, but on the, at the end of their promo video, it says, Storytelling, Philanthropy, Ultra violence. Okay. Yes. Three pillars of any mm-hmm. successful media business. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so what are they going to put out? No idea. Um, they seem to want to be a bit of everything. Books, graphic novels, a scripted podcast. A lot of fingers in it, a lot of different pies. Wait, did they actually say scripted podcast? They do. Weird. They do. Weird. Uh, yep. That Rockstar Exodus certainly seems to have resulted in a lot of new studios. Like, uh, like the Benz started his thing. I forget who else, somebody else out of there at the top management has a new thing. And now this, I thought they were all just going to go wallow in their GTA money. I don't know, maybe but, they, they blew through too many uh, cars. I, I, I would not be shocked if some, at least in, in at the Dan Hauser level, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, but I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of those guys had it in their heads that they have something to prove now that they are outside that, that hit-making ecosystem that they have mostly made their careers in. Like, dudes like that, generally speaking, I feel like there is always a, especially when they have nearly bottomless capital to work with on their own, they're just like, well, I'm going to prove that it wasn't Rockstar. It was me. Yeah. Well, yeah. also, also, he wouldn't have to spend any of his own money on this. Like any, just you know, just about anybody's going to line up to throw cash at him for something like this. Yeah. After Get after it. what they did it's for Take Two, getting his name attached. Hey, look, it brings it up on this podcast. It's a pretty big deal. Um, uh, despite what you think or how you feel about the writing in the Grand Theft Auto Auto games, and look, there are a lot of very valid feelings about the writing in those games. They are extremely popular and did very well. Before before Red Dead 2, I would not have looked very kindly on this. Mm -hmm. I mean, Red Dead 1 is also very well written. Um, Yeah, I think those are the better examples of, at least, I guess if we, I I don't know, I don't know what the writing team was like. There's all sorts of stories that came out of Rockstar with how the... Mm -hmm. Who did what within there? Yeah. Why is this like this? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But But yes, you're right, Brad. The Red Dead stuff, I think, is the better example. Two two showed a range that I did not think that developer was capable of. Especially after GTA five, which had zero range. Yes. Um yeah. So I I I don't know. There's that's about it. It's more of an announcement of a a mission statement than anything else, but worth mentioning here. Not exactly taking Grand Theft Auto auto head on from the sound of things. No, I don't know what the, if you watch their video, it's 
weird and it didn't really get me that excited for their little pitch video they had. It's a lot of clips cut together that seemed very, it reminded me of stuff I used to see when I was in art school. <laughs> Just kind of clips put together with kind of mission statements popping over it. Um, but maybe that's what they're going for. That Maybe that's what you can do when you're Dan Hauser. You could be like, I don't know. I just want to do weird stuff. Yep. Mm-hmm. I, just, I just want to be creative and, and make weird stuff. A bit of the ultra violence. Uh, that's going to do it pretty much for news. Um, you know, we're in this post announcement phase. I think a lot of people are head down now trying to make good on September and October. Uh, very quickly. I'll just mention it sounded like the immortals got pushed, uh, mortals of avium. Is that the full name of it? Yes. Got pushed into August. Um, or late August. So I think people are just trying to make video games at this point. So we'll let see what cook. happens. Yeah. Let them cook. We're, uh, um, going to have our hands full. Let's say as time goes on, that's going to do it for the news. You can send us emails over at podcast at nextlander.com. that is podcast at nextlander.com. Don't get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll scoop them up. We'll take them. We got enough of them. They grow. You believe they sit in the garden. Gotta age grow. them. Gotta age them nice. Nice. We pick the best of the crop. So you can send them in over. We do read them even if they don't make it to the air uh, as they're cultivating and growing. Uh, you can check those out. You can also check out a bunch of our stuff from this week and previous. Again, probably the last week I'll mention it, but we had all those um, all those showcases that I mentioned at the top of the show here. That's the Sony, the next, the next fest. Man, mm. my brain is just pouring Steam out of my next ears fest. at this point. Well, that's happening now. We're going to look at that oh. stuff on uh, Friday. Uh, I meant Summer Game Fest is uh, oh. what I was getting at. The Xbox Showcase, Sorry. Ubisoft. But uh, yeah, Summer um, uh, Next Fest, the Steam Next Fest. That's what it is? Steam Next Fest? Steam Next the demos. Fest. We're going to take a look at those on Friday. I think Abby's going to come join us, look at some of those demos that are on there. Never enough time to look at all those games. Uh, we're going to check out some Final Fantasy. Maybe check out that Alien game on Thursday. We are wrapping up with our uh, uh, David Lynch primer. Mm-hmm. Uh, his his works uh, in the film genre with uh, Wild at Heart, which is up now over on the Patreon side of things. We're going to take a couple of weeks off and come back with Alex Navarro. Twin Peaks season one. Twin Peaks season one. Is Twin Peaks season one? I don't really That's, don't know much about it. Is season one very good? Is what well regarded? Yes, very much so. Okay. Okay. I mean, Twin Peaks season three is the one that everyone talks about being one of the greatest seasons of television ever. But season Jeez. one did a lot. Did a lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot of hype. Yeah, that's a lot of hype. Uh, but for now, you can go check out Wild at Heart and all the other David Lynch movies we watched, including Dune, including Blue Velvet. Uh, those are up now over at patreon.com slash nextlander. Uh, you can check all of that out. You can check out never been a better podcast. Previous episode is up there now with, I think there was Jeff Backlar and Abby Russell on that one. We're scheduling out our next one to record soon. These months still busy. A lot mm-hmm. of people doing a lot of different things. So, but, uh, we're going to try and get that one recorded soon for, july because hey i don't know if you noticed july is right around the corner again go to patreon.com slash nextlander check out all that stuff including the ramble cast and all those different tiers there you can find a tier that fits your lifestyle there is one tier there though called the mysterious benefactors tier where you get your name read on this here show alex navarro Mm -hmm. i believe you have a list of these mysterious benefactors 
I sure do. And our mysterious benefactors for this week are RRE, John Richardson, Fordak, Kelly F., Brian Lucier, Skywarp, John Hubbard, Sean Miller, Brad's mid-sized family-friendly hoodoo voodoo, Evan Cook, Mark Wilhelm, Jerry Lee, Gary Pejsky, Robert Fisher, John McInnes, Chmod plus X Bunny Crimes. Mailed it. Peter Reardon, Thomas Lynn, Chad Rita, Statics, Andrew Jackson, Mega Crane, Razgriz 2, Brian Murphy, Trevor and Adrian R., Randy Duax, Andrew Teepkin, Alex Wu, It Me JP, Matt Clements Jr., Edward Chick, Andrew Slosky, Steve Lynn, Matthew Herrig, David Campos, and Tyler Treese. And thanks to all of our series benefactors, and thanks to everybody who supported us over on Patreon.com slash NextLander. Watched all of our stuff over at YouTube, supports us on Twitch, and wherever else you can find great NextLander content. Thanks for sharing things like the Watchcast and the podcast. We appreciate the good word of mouth. Spreading the good word out there. Uh, programming note, we are going to be off during the uh, July 4th week here in the United States. Well, it's July 4th in other parts of the country, but it is a, uh, a holiday over here in the States. We'll have uh, no streams that week, but we should have some content for you uh, in terms of uh, uh, I'm going to put up another one of the Never Been a Better podcast in the main feed. It's always fun t- for people who haven't heard those to be introduced what a great podcast. You know, Love if them. we keep doing those monthly and we keep taking yeah. breaks, you know, every few months, we mm. won't run out. <laughs> no, that's how math works. Mathematically, we will be fine. Yeah. We're still trying to, we're, we're, we're trying our best to keep with our one week a quarter vacation. Yeah, um, it might be like every, <laughs> every four months this year, but like that's better than we did last year. Yes. Yes. We're trying to maintain it. Uh, and see how we go. So that's, uh, we put it on the calendar. I think we all kind of forgot we had put it on the calendar. And as we were looking ahead, be like, good for us for putting it on the calendar and trying to stick to it. Look, you spend uh, decades basically just like using crumbs of vacation time <laughs> and never knowing when you can actually take it. It takes some getting used to to retrain your brain. I think for us, probably the biggest thing is like, make sure we put it on the calendar. Yes. And like, once it's on the calendar, make sure we stick to it. Yes. Otherwise, there's just like a lot of momentum that just pushes and pushes uh, and makes it hard. So that'll be uh, that week in July. Check it out. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thank you very much, Brad Shoemaker. Final Fantasy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. All right. There's a new mainline Final Fantasy out. Who would have thought? They keep they keep doing it. Numbered numbered Final Fantasy. Alex Navarro, what are you gonna when you get your free time, what are you gonna jump in and play? Man, I don't fucking know. I don't know what free time looks like right now. I'm just ready to get out of this apartment. I'll be curious to see what the first game you you put on and sit on your new couch and play is to just chill out on on your new living room, your new abode. I'll let you know uh, once I get there. And if you want to find out, you can tune in to this year's podcast or any of the fine other Nextlander properties. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. And we'll be back next week.